the children. Where are the children? Would they like to come down and sit on the rug at the front? Anybody? Morning. Morning. Anyone else want to come and visit? How are you this morning? I'm famous. Mm, I don't know if you're actually famous. Well, I was in the video. Did you like my joke? Thanks. Okay, well done. Your joke was good. I was even in the Bible reading. Mm, I don't think that was really you. Was it? No. It wasn't me. But it was a donkey. Yes, we donkeys are very, very important. Yes, you are very, very important. Are you going to talk about the donkey in, the, in your sermon? Mm, not so much, actually. Okay, all right. I'm not really going to talk about the donkey. Okay, but you, why don't you, I'll pop you over here, maybe on the piano, and you can just sit there and everyone can watch you and be remembered how very, very important the donkey was. Is that okay? Okay! <laughs> there we go. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Sarah, if we've not met, and this morning, the subject for our talk is God is our rescuer. And that's because we've been thinking at our all-age services since way back in September, every first Sunday of the month, we've been thinking about what God is like. And we've thought about how God is our provider, how God is holy, how God is with us, how God is forever, and how God is everywhere and some other ones as well. Um, but today we're thinking about how God is our rescuer. Now we're gonna use our imaginations, okay? Imagine with me. Okay, you're coming home from school or work, you're coming home and, and you hear, Nina, Nina, Nina. And then you see a fire engine dashing past and then you get to your street and you see the fire engine and it's outside your house. And then you start to see some smoke and some flames. Don't imagine too hard, okay? Just pretend, okay? And you see some smoke and some flames and there's a firefighter there and they say, right, you've got two minutes. You've got two minutes, you can dash inside and you can save one thing. You can save the thing that's most, most precious to you that's in your house, okay? You've got two minutes, run. What would you save? What would you save? Have a quick think and then see if anyone, pop your hand up if you've got something to share. What would you save from your house? Anything? You've got one here? Yes, very important to save your pets. That's what I would save. I would save our cats and our doggies. Just say banana. A banana. A banana, well, I mean, you might not get one again, so it's important. My teddy bears. Your teddy bears. Oh, I like that. Yeah, they do need saving. Anyone else? I will save my wardrobe. Your wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. Could be tricky. Could be tricky. 
My Ariana Grande sweet like candy perfume. <laughs> very important. Who very brought important. this lot here? Yeah. Ariana Grande sweet like what's what what perfume perfume she should save her perfume. Toby's got one. I think he would save his ukulele. No, no something else. What, what would you save, save Toby? Go and say it. Football. Football. Oh, very important. I'm sure you'd get, you'd definitely get some, some others who would save their football. So we would save, we would rescue something that we really, really value, wouldn't we? We would save something that we do not want to live without. Something so, so precious that we would maybe even risk getting burnt in the fire to go and get it out, wouldn't we? I wonder if anyone can think of any famous rescues. I was having a think about some famous rescues, and I, the only ones I could think of were ones that had been made into movies. So I was thinking about some of the grown-ups might remember Apollo 13. So that was a movie where you had to rescue the astronauts from their spaceship. And then there was a famous movie called Saving Private Ryan. Does anyone remember that? We're going back a while now. And that was saving a soldier in the First World War. Uh, they had to save him. And then there was another one called Schindler's List, again, going back a while. And that was all about a man who helped to rescue some Jewish people um, in the Second World War from the Nazis. He did an amazing thing. I wonder, and a, a few years ago, Hannah um, raised some money to, rescue, to help rescue the koalas from the bushfires in Australia. And there was a charity doing lots of good rescuing of koalas. I wonder, does anyone remember, some of the grown-ups might remember, the Chilean miners, like it was over 10 years ago now, and they, there was about 33 miners and they got stuck way down deep, five kilometers deep in a mine shaft. Yeah, you might remember. And they were there. Do you know, they got stuck there for over two months. 69 days they were there. Um, and for the first 17 days, no one even knew that they were alive. Um, and it, took, it was a big, big rescue plan with so many people involved. It was really complicated. And they had to be really, really determined to succeed to save these men who were stuck down this mine shaft. But thankfully, they did. And I remember watching it on TV. I don't know if you watched it. And they started to bring them up one by one. And then they got reunited with their families. And it was so wonderful and so emotional. What about any famous rescuers? Can anyone think of any famous rescuers? Maybe, have you got one? Do you want to be my roving microphone again? Famous rescuers. Um, Harriet Tubman, who saved all the slaves in the slave trade. <gasps> Love that, nice, that deserves a round of applause. Harriet Tubman, good job. Anyone else, any famous rescuers? Toby's got one. Spider-Man, Hulk, but not Rhino. No Rhino. The Hulk, the okay, okay. Very specific. Anybody else? Anyone else think of any famous rescuers? Any adults? There's one over there. Where? Just there. Do you want to shout? Oh, let's Juliet come with the microphone. Paramedic. Paramedics, yes. They are very, very, very important. I was thinking about maybe, does anyone know Fireman Sam? Yes. <laughs> he saved in the great fire of Pontypandy. <laughs> it was very important to us when our boys were young. Um, we watched it a lot, a lot. So Fireman Sam, I don't know, what about Paw Patrol, no? But the Avengers, they're kind of famous rescuers. They did a lot of rescuing from the blip and all that. Hmm? 
the rock, yes? So sometimes we need rescuing from dangerous or difficult circumstances, and some people choose to be the rescuers, and that's their job, like firefighters, lifeguards, paramedics, mountain rescue. And I walked past Shoreditch Fire Station the other day, and they have got this big, giant letters above it. I wonder if you can pop it up, Larry. And it says, next slide, Larry. It says, love is the running towards. Love is the running towards. And that's because it's, because it's their job to run towards the danger and to try and rescue people. Now, God loves us so much that he sent Jesus on a rescue mission to save us. He loves us so much that he came running towards us to rescue us. And he was prepared to give up everything, to come here to earth and to die on a cross so that we can be saved. Because we are so, so precious to God and he loves us so much. Now, sometimes I think it's quite easy for us to think that we don't really need rescued. Or maybe even we think that we can rescue ourselves. Or maybe we only want to be rescued in a certain way according to our own desires or just to get what we want. And it's easy to think that Jesus came only simply to rescue us from maybe our troubles or our difficult circumstances. But actually, it was much, much bigger than that. And the truth is, we all need rescued and we cannot rescue ourselves however hard we try. God is the only one who can truly rescue us. But what exactly is he rescuing us from? Now, we heard in our Bible reading all about when Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, the crowds who followed Jesus when he was here on earth, sometimes they got it really wrong. And they thought that Jesus had come to rescue them from the Romans who were there and they were oppressing them. And they thought he was going to lead a revolution and become the new king or the new leader and bring Israel back into their control so that everybody could be free. That's what they wanted him to do. That's what they thought he was going to do. And they'd made Jesus into the kind of rescuer that they wanted. Now, as you know, today is Palm Sunday. There we have Jesus arriving uh, on his very important donkey. Um, And it's the day that we remember that moment where lots of people had heard all about Jesus and all the miracles that he'd been doing. And he recently, he just raised Lazarus from the dead. Amazing miracles. So lots and lots of people wanted to see him. They were excited about what, he might ha- what might happen next. There was a buzz about how Jesus was going to rescue them. And they got these palm branches and they waved them and they shouted, Hosanna. But they didn't really understand what was happening. Because Jesus didn't go on to rescue them from the Romans in the way that they wanted or expected. But Jesus did rescue them. And he rescued us in a much bigger way than they could ever imagine. And we heard in our Bible reading that as Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, the crowds gathered and they waved palm branches, maybe, maybe a little bit like these ones, and they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. God bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to God in heaven. Now, I did a little bit of research 
about what the word Hosanna means, because I was quite curious, and also about what palm branches symbolize. And I think that it might help us understand a bit more about what was happening and about how it was all part of God's rescue mission. Even though the people who were there waving the palm branches and shouting Hosanna didn't really understand. So the meaning of the word Hosanna. Now, forgive me if I'm a little bit geeky, but I do like the origins of words and I like to find out where they come from. So in, it's a he, from a Hebrew word, okay, and it's really interesting. So the first part of the word comes from the verb yasha, which means to be saved or to be delivered or to be rescued. And the second part of the word, na, it translates as pleased. But not just can you pass the milk, please, but kind of more of a desperate please. Like if you were running out into the middle of the road and your mum or dad said, please don't run out there, because they want to save you, they want to rescue you, they're desperate, please, please. And when you put them together, we can see that Hosanna means save us, please. Should we say it together? So when I say Hosanna, you say save us, please, okay? Hosanna! Save us, please! Amazing. Yes, save us, please. Now, by the time Jesus arrived in Jerusalem on, on his very important donkey, the word Hosanna had kind of evolved a little bit. So it used to be this kind of desperate plea uh, to be rescued. Um, and then it had switched and it was kind of more of a celebratory cheer. They would shout Hosanna more to cheer people on. And I thought that was really interesting. So I found out that, because it was nearly Passover, um, and every year during Passover, uh, the Jewish people would read Psalm 118 from the Old Testament. And it's actually Psalm 118 that the crowd are quoting from here uh, when they say Hosanna. And in the Psalm, Hosanna was more, it still means save us please, but it was a bit more of an acclamation of hope that God would come and save them, that God would deliver them and rescue them from oppression and, sla and slavery. So save us, please, was maybe less desperate, but maybe more prophetic, maybe a bit more hopeful, because thinking about the Passover, they were remembering a time where God did rescue them, where God had already saved them. And then this moment comes where they use this word, Hosanna, for Jesus, the same word that was directed at God in Psalm 118, the people were saying that they thought Jesus was the one who was going to save them in the same way that God had saved them. And this is really interesting, and I think it even gets even more interesting if you're a geek like me. So the, the, remember, the root of that word Hosanna was yasha, which is a verb, right? Does anyone know what a verb is? A verb? A doing word. Yeah. So... The doer of the Yasha is called Yeshua. Oh, thanks, Steve. I like that you appreciate my geekiness. So the one who does the saving is the Savior. The one who does the Yasha is Yeshua. And just in case you didn't know, Yeshua is the Hebrew word for Jesus. Amazing. I think that's pretty, pretty amazing, pretty clever. So the crowd were saying, Hosanna! Hosanna. 
Save us, please. Should we try that again? Hosanna. They were saying this to Jesus as he arrived in Jerusalem because they wanted him to save them from their circumstances, to rescue them from oppression, just like God had done at the Passover. But that's not how it panned out, is it? That's not what happened. Things didn't happen as they wanted. And only a few days later, the same crowd that had cried, Hosanna, they said, crucify him, crucify him. Sometimes when we don't get what we want, it can make us a bit angry or it can make us give up following Jesus and just go with the crowd. Now, as well as shouting Hosanna, they also waved palm branches. Next slide. The palm tree was a symbol of victory and triumph and rejoicing. And since victory means the end of a conflict, usually, it's also a symbol of peace and freedom. And palm branches were very meaningful for the Jewish people at the time. And by waving them as Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, they were celebrating what they hoped would be a future victory, longing and hoping for a time of peace and freedom. So we've got some palm branches here. You can see them. Um, I believe that it's a date palm tree that they had in Israel at the time. But I wonder, are there any other types of palms in the building this morning. Any other types of palms? Has anyone got any on their body? You don't have a body? Oh, I think you do because I can see it. Have you got any palms on your hands? Have you got palms on your hands? Amazing. We've all got two palms on our hands. All right. Oh, I'm distracted now. All right. Um, can everyone show me your palms? Show me your palms. Okay. So when I say palms up, you're all going to show me your hands. Okay. Ready? Palms up. Oh, you look amazing. So um, instead of waving palm branches this morning, because we don't have enough for everyone, we're going to wave our palms. Palms up. Beautiful. And when I say Hosanna. Now, quite often... Save us, please. Quite often in churches like ours, um, you might see some of the grown-ups lifting their palms up like this when they're worshipping. Lifting their palms up to the ceiling, maybe like this, or like this, or maybe sometimes like this. They might have their eyes closed, or they might be keeping one eye open to keep an eye on you. <laughs> Shall I try it? Palms up. Beautiful. And I guess a similar way to the crowd who were waving their palm branches. Um, similar, um, our own palms, waving our own palms in the air is another way of celebrating what Jesus has done for us in the past and also trusting in what Jesus will do for us in the future. And I was thinking about palms up and how all the different reasons we might put our palms in the air all have similar meaning to what these people were doing when Jesus arrived in Jerusalem on his very important donkey. So, let's go to the next slide. Oh, this is Caleb. <laughs> this is, I did ask permission, I promise. This is Caleb when he was about 18 months old and we were at a music festival and the weather was very British and he'd been playing in a big muddy puddle and he got very, very dirty. We can see in this photo, he's got his palms up. 
What do you think he wants? To be picked up? Then <laughs> Graham says, no chance. So he's really upset. He's upset. He was so dirty. He's like, ah, pick me up, pick me up. Maybe he was saying, Hosanna, save me, please. <laughs> yeah? Because he was so upset and dirty. He wanted to be rescued from the mud and the dirt and the mess that he was in. Do you think I picked him up? No. I'm afraid not. Because <laughs> if I picked him up, he would have gotten all his mud all over me. I think I maybe made Graham do it, but I can't actually remember. It's a long time ago. <laughs> so he lifted his palms up to be rescued, didn't he? Palms up to be picked up by someone who would keep him safe and comfort him and clean up his mess. So he could have said, Hosanna, save me, please. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next one. What do you think this guy's doing? What do, what do you think might be happening? Do you think he's in a bit of danger? He might be in danger, yeah? Maybe he's being robbed. And he's going, oh, don't shoot. Save me, please. Yeah, save me, please. Or maybe he's the baddie and he's being arrested by the police. Either way, he's going to need some help, isn't he? He's going to need rescuing by the police or he's going to need a good lawyer, right? So he's saying, don't shoot, Hosanna, save me, please. Yeah? All right, next one. Okay. Caleb in the middle at the top there. You can't see the palms of their hands. A couple of other people you might recognize. Um, you can't actually see your palms, but they, they, you can imagine what they're doing, right? They've kind of been cropped out of the photo. So this is them celebrating Liverpool Football Club scoring a very unusual goal. <laughs> These days, anyway. So they're reaching their palms up really high in celebration. They could have waved their palm branches, couldn't they? They could have waved to symbolize their victory. What about this athlete? She's celebrating winning her race. She's got her palms up in celebration. And now she can, oh, she can rest and be at peace. So either of them, they could say, Hosanna, save us, please. Like Psalm 118, that celebratory cheer, hoping, really hopeful for their future. All right, one more. Oh, Oh dear. <laughs> that one's quite common these days, isn't it? Yeah. Not quite so celebratory, right? They've got their palms up in a kind of desperation, frustration. Do you think they're winning? No. 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 They could be saying, Hosanna, save us, please. Save us from the mess we're in. We've forgotten how to score goals. <laughs> Save us from losing. Okay, so all these different reasons for putting our palms up are all very similar to the crowd on Palm Sunday who waved their palm, palm, palm branches and shouted, Hosanna! Save us, please! Because we all need rescuing, don't we? The crowd did, and we do today but not necessarily rescuing from our circumstances, but rescuing from the mess that sin has made in our lives and rescuing from the punishment of death that we should all be given. But thankfully, 
Jesus came on a rescue mission because we are so, so precious to God that Jesus essentially ran into that burning building because we were the one thing that he wanted to rescue. And we can imagine ourselves there in that burning building going, save us, please. And Jesus did save us. He died in our place to rescue us from the mess that we're in so that we could be forgiven and so that we could be friends with God. He gave his life to save ours. And then the good news, and we're going to be hearing much more about this next week on Easter Sunday, is that Jesus didn't stay dead, did he? He came back to life so that we can also have life. Death is defeated and love has won. So, when you're in church and you see some grown-ups with their palms up, and when you maybe hear us singing the words, Hosanna, in a worship song, you can remember that God is our rescuer. Yeah, and you can remember how love came running towards us to save us from the mess we're in and how Jesus came and rescued us because we cannot rescue ourselves. All right, one more time. Palms up. Hosanna. Save us, please. Save us, please. Amen. Amen.